podcast. I am absolutely thrilled that you are here. If you have never checked out the program before, we are primarily an interview and a commentary podcast. You can find the Abilities Podcast pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. And you can find me on Twitter at Billy D's. On the studio line with me today is Christian Ferreira. Christian, welcome to the program. Billy D's, thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. All right. Christian is an author, a publicist, a public speaker, and a YouTuber. And do I have this correctly? It's QTC underscore Christian. Is that correct? That's right. All right. right. Cool. Um, He's an author. And this is interesting. This is an interesting book. Uh, The Mediocre Student's Guide to graduating college. Uh, It's kind of self-explanatory, but, uh, you know, it's got some, uh, it it has a tint of humor and it also has some real practicality behind it. Uh, So it's kind of like a, you know, a duality there. Um, And it's for struggling, unmotivated students who wish to navigate college successfully. All right. Let's talk a little bit about you, Christian. Let's give the, uh, the listening audience a little bit of an idea who you are. Now, where are you from? You're from California somewhere, right? Yep. I'm from Berkeley, California. Oh, Berkeley. All right. Well, that's kind of like the um, (laughs) college uh, capital (laughs) of the world. Um, uh, USC, Berkeley, all that stuff, all those stories. Are the legends true about those areas? Yes. And I'll tell you this, it's a crazier place than you hear about. So... (laughs) Oh, really? All right. Yeah, well, that's legendary. I mean, that goes back to like the 1960s, right? I mean, you all those stories. Um, and actually, I actually went to Kent State for a number of years. And that's, oh, yeah. you know, that's, that's got the call back. Everybody always wants to ask about the shooting as many years ago as that happened. And I'm not saying it wasn't profound. Yeah. But that's what the area has been labeled um, for. So we, I guess we're all kind of uh, uh, from areas where there's a lot of legends around college. That's so right. You, you mentioned that you uh, you have uh, uh, two sisters, and we're going to talk about them because they, they kind of influenced you in, 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 in how you felt about school. Uh, so what was your family like life uh, growing out out there? It seems like there's always something to do, right? You had a lot of, a lot of fun out there? Yeah, I had a lot of fun out there. And um, in regard to my family life, yeah, I had two very successful parents and I had two very successful um, sisters, you know, both in the medical field, uh, surgical oh. interns. Yeah, surgical interns and whatnot. And um I was I was a I was a good student, but I wasn't like top of the class. I didn't go to a fancy Ivy League college or anything. So in a way, yeah, I always felt mediocre in compare in comparison to them. Yeah, you know, that can be tough. Uh you mentioned that uh, you know, your sister's very successful. And when you're the, the, the sibling, I guess, that has to work, um, and not that they didn't work, but when you have to put in extra time. Uh, that's got to be very intimidating. Did, did it, did it influence you at all? Did it, um, uh, leave you feeling, um, inadequate or anything like that? So yeah, at times I was always like a little insecure academically and not because I was a bad student, but you know, like at Thanksgivings, I would always tell my, I would tell people, I was like, my mom, she always brags about, you know, her daughter who's in, who's in residency, her daughter who's in med school. And then I was the little brother and, you know, they'd be like, oh, Christian, you know, he's doing fine. His tennis is good, but she didn't necessarily brag about me. And which is why I always felt a little bit insecure because in a way I think that the kids are their parents' report cards. Yeah. So when you're always mentioned last, I mean, it, in a way, it did make me feel a little lesser than. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Um, I came from a very athletic family. I had just enough athleticism that people pushed me 
Oh. And, and uh, I didn't, uh, I wish I'd have been either very uh, talented athletically or not at all. But the fact that I had just enough that people kept saying, well, you got to make them try. Uh, and I wasn't feeling it. You know, I, I come from a, an area that uh, is very rich in football. You know, this is the land of the, uh, the professional football hall of fame is 15 minutes from here. Oh, wow. You know, Cleveland Browns right up the road. You know, this is Ohio State. Uh, you know, there's some serious football around here. Yeah. And uh, I was never going to be uh, uh, a football player. It, it just wasn't in my blood. So were you and, a mediocre athlete? Yes, I was a mediocre <laughs> athlete. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's a good. I, I yes, absolutely. Um, th- there was a um, at a competing high school. There, there was a guy by the name of Chris Spielman who went on to become a professional football player, and he was the first high school uh, football player to be on on a Wheaties box. Wow, that's and big. That's big, and uh, a lot, especially every, everybody living around here, love football, you know. And the pressure was on. Yeah, well, I was, I was never going to be <laughs> Chris Spielman, not in my best day. Um, so I can certainly understand what those uh, insecurities are about. Now, how did you feel about college? Were you excited about going to college, or was this something you felt that you had to do? Where was it on the on your on your on your meter? So yeah, I'll say one thing. College, it was a there was a family expectation. I had to go, especially with my family. I mean, getting a bachelor's degree was literally the bare minimum I could do. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, like school, it was whatever to me. I wasn't always crazy about school. I wasn't always crazy motivated, but I did fairly well in school. It was just it was something I had to do when I knew that my parents, you know, they would really resent me if I didn't at least get my bachelor's degree. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you evidently did, you know, you, you went through school. When did you realize that, uh, and I know you have a quote that you want to talk about this quote that hit you in, in the right way. You wanted to evidently write, you had aspirations to be a writer and, uh, this quote came along. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So the Toni Morrison quote, it was, um, write the book you would want to read. And I thought about it after watching a Will Smith, um, book, Will Smith before the slap people, um, <laughs> No, before, uh, it was his like book tour and I, and I watched it and it was so cool, you know, because it wasn't your basic book signing. He got up, he performed, he was dancing, oh, wow. he signed some, but it was, it was a concert. We all paid, like everybody had a seat, but nobody was sitting down. And after that, I went home so motivated. I was like, mom, I want to write a book. Like I was so, I saw Will, somebody that looked like me and I was just like, yo, I'm going to write a book now. Yeah. And I just kept thinking about it the day after the day after and then I Googled like what to think about when writing a book and that quote came up and then immediately it hit it up. I was like the mediocre student's guide to graduating college because this, the book I wrote is the book I would have killed for when I was 16, 17. So yeah, yeah that's how I, that's really how it happened. You know, there's a lot of that. Um, and, and it is, it, like I said, there's a comedic aspect to this, the mediocre, the mediocre student's guide to graduating college. It's, it's, it's a humorous title, but there really is. You know, I think there's a certain thing that uh, a lot of people, young people go through at that age. Um, You know, they've been in school a long time. You've had teachers, parents telling you what to do all the time. Exactly. And you finally got a, uh, you know, a taste of being 18 and now that 21, that's the next benchmark. And then just between me and you, it's not long after you pass that, you want to start going the other direction. (laughs) But but in the the time that you're in, um, you got freedom, but you also got people telling you what to do. Yeah. Um, and you've, you've probably had a lot of, uh, interests and it's a hard time for people to sort through, is it not? 
Oh, it's 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 a really hard time. And just if I can expand off that freedom, in my opinion, especially your first year in college, you know, a lot of people, they might have had, you know, sneak drink or, or smoke and whatnot. My first semester of college, people you could see their parents weren't there. So they were just yeah. smoking all semester, drinking nonstop. And yeah. I started to realize I was like, I feel like this is a bigger issue. This is why a lot of people aren't graduating from college. It's not always the academic side. It's the yeah. unlimited freedom. And yeah, I had to write about those things in my book because I I need people to understand who they're listening to. The first semester, everybody pretends like they have their life together. And then those same individuals will be gone after the first semester. Yeah. So you just have to control your appetite for things and you have to be responsible because at the end of the day, you're there for school. Yeah. It can sometimes be a little bit of a of a dangerous time, I would say, because uh, I've here in Ohio, if you're not familiar, Ohio has been a hotbed of addiction over the past 10 years. Yeah. And I've heard a lot of stories where, uh, like you say, once kids got away from the grip of the parents, so to speak, they're in an environment where, uh, you know, drinking is encouraged. Everybody's playing quarters and all this stuff. And all all of a sudden, uh, they drink so much quickly in a short period of time, they can end up addicted and they can end up picking up a lot of bad habits that uh, stay with them into adulthood. Did you witness a lot of that? What would you be, what would be your advice about that part of it? So my advice would be like one, if there's a lot of freedom, I'm not going to recommend anybody start drinking or doing drugs illegally. I, I mean, I just will say if you are going to try doing those things, make sure that you're with somebody that, that cares about you, that will take care of you if something yeah. were to happen. But lastly, I would just say you have to kind of have your own goals. You need to be responsible and be responsible for your own decisions. So I think that's the most important thing for somebody going into college because that peer pressure is real and you have to be, you can't succumb to that peer pressure. So yeah, that's what I would say about those things. Yeah, yeah, I I would actually say the same thing. Fortunately, I, uh, I was always a bit of a loner, which... Um, wasn't good. I, 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 for example, wasn't, uh, real active with girls or anything until, until I got, you know, pe- I, I, probably into my, I was early twenties. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah. So that was, you know, a, a part where I had some stinted emotions because of the fact that I was always a loner, yeah. but I, I gotta tell you, I didn't fall into the traps that a lot of other students did either. You know, I didn't have people molding my opinions about other groups of people, molding my opinions about women, molding yeah. my opinions about this, that, or the other thing. Uh, so I, I would have a better balance than what I did. I, you know, I think you yeah. should be more social, social than what I did. But uh, by the same token, though, you can't s- succumb to peer pressure because Absolutely. it's almost never a good thing. I mean, nobody I've never I've never heard somebody say, yeah, I, I want to get straight A's because all my friends are it's getting straight A's. It never works that way. <laughs> it's, always exactly. it's always something bad. Um, all right. So you've made the decision to go to school and uh, you, you got some interesting uh, topics here in your book. I'm going to ask you about a couple of them. Uh, essentially when you're, especially when you're going away to college, you know, you're, yeah. you're going to the dorm rooms and everything, uh, getting a roommate. I, I know a lot of people can joke about that. It can be, um, uh, a funny experience. A lot of times when you get somebody who's quirky, but here again, it, it can, it can sometimes be, make your life very unhappy. And at worst, you know, you can be with somebody who's, who's going to get you into trouble and a lot of other things. So how do you sort through that mess? So one, I would say, especially, and this is really big for people going into college, take the roommate process seriously. You're living, and I think there's a handful of steps everybody should follow. But first, like, do the due diligence, okay? 
um, match with somebody that you think you're compatible with. And I always tell people like actually try and talk to them on the phone or FaceTime with them because a lot of people can make themselves sound good over a text message over social media and whatnot. So I always say like, call the person and make sure that ask them questions that they can't rehearse. You get a better vibe. Even better if you can maybe try to meet them. And then, um, I'd just say other than, other than that, be really, really clear about your boundaries. Mm-hmm. There are some things that are okay with other people that you might not be okay with. So right. just be really clear with boundaries. Cause yeah, my chapter in the book, it's called roommate from hell. And it's just because the freshman year I saw so many people angry at their roommates and whatnot. And it just, it made a lot of people unhappy. And it's, Going forward, after my freshman year, I made sure that all my roommates were people I knew, people were out comfortable with, or even better, got a single, so I didn't have to get a roommate at all. So, yeah, that's just, it's so important. I think everybody should take it seriously. Yeah, uh, they always say in relationships of all kinds, if you really want to know somebody, you live with them. And Man, (laughs) man. And uh, so you don't want to get to know them too well. You're just there for school. And sometimes uh, a lot of their bad habits and everything are, are, are forced upon you. Uh, there's some interesting stuff in here. The, uh, you have on here, don't buy textbooks. And I got to tell you, back in my day, that was, uh, you know, that was expensive. Yeah. And I, I, I was going to, when I went to Kent, this was before people had ready, uh, you know, re- uh, ready access to the internet and all that stuff. Um, and you could spend, you know, hundreds and sometimes thousands of dollars on textbooks. So uh, how do you get around that? What do you mean? Don't buy textbooks. So, yeah, I don't think people should buy textbooks. The only book they should buy is my book, The Mediocre Student's Guide to Graduating College. (laughs) That's all you need. But um, what I realized my first semester, I must have paid $700 for the textbooks. And then I realized there's so many ways around it. So one, every college, they're required to have textbooks that are required text in the library. So one thing I would do was I would go to, I would go to the library, check it out, bring it to class and then bring it back. I would go to the library, do my homework. Um, Two, you can find a lot of like PDFs and whatnot, like free. You can find the books online for free. Um, uh, Oftentimes too, sometimes you can, after somebody's done with a course, they'll just give you the book or they'll sell it to you for a lot cheaper but mm. my overall goal behind this chapter is don't pay the outrageous prices for textbooks. You know, exercise your options, look for the PDFs um, and whatnot, use the library, and then only buy the books that you absolutely have to buy. But yeah, you, nobody should spend $700 every month for, t- for textbooks. That's ridiculous. It, it is. Um, and how do you, when you, I know you weren't really mediocre in the classic sense of the word you just had outstanding siblings yeah um getting motivated to study uh when you feel it's something you have to do if, if your heart isn't in it and and, you, and let's say your plan is i just need to get through the next four years and, and get this part of my life you know done how how do you stay motivated to study during those long hours and all those other things what what little tricks do you have to to do that so one i'd say have blocks of time that you that you study Make sure, I mean, I think like doing things with friends. One thing I realized was, you know, do a study group with friends, maybe make a Google Doc, put in your notes. So then it's like the work is divided among three people. And uh, I mean, other than that, just you have to know why you're there. Like, I hate to say the basic answer, but you have to get motivated to study because you want to pass the class. You don't want to fail. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, just do what you have to do and know yourself and know yourself too, because some people say they'll study the night before and they don't. So, mm-hmm. and I was one of those people too, unless it was like midterms, I, I, I really didn't study very much at night. 
So yeah. just break, yeah, break up your study times and do what you have to do to graduate. One of the things that I hear from writers a lot, we have a lot of writers on the program. And one of the things that I will hear from them is they're not always motivated to write either. Uh, but what they will do is they will have a schedule during the week. What, you know, regardless of what time is good for them. Let's say it's, you know, Monday uh, starting at three o'clock in the afternoon to seven. And then on Wednesday, it's, it's such and such a time. And their plan is, is they have to go into those slots and write whether they feel like it or not. Absolutely. Uh, does that, is studying the same way? If you can kind of slot those times out. Um, yeah. and, and, you know, I'm going to study whether I, I feel like I need to at that particular time or not. Yeah, I just think, like you're saying, I think it's about having that, making it a routine. Yeah. Because some, where some of us aren't disciplined, but you know, if you can make a routine that you can stick to, it's a lot easier to stick to that. So absolutely, like studying, just make your routine, study more during times that you feel like you're behind. And I mean, everybody knows themselves. You know, if you're doing well or poorly in the class, you know, if you understand it or not. So just adjust accordingly. The one uh, thing on here, too, that kind of grabbed my attention is uh, the, the chapter that you have is done is better than good. Yeah. Uh, does this imply that, uh, you know, you shouldn't skip assignments? Is that kind of what you're saying there? Get them done? Absolutely. So within the chapter, <laughs> it was a funny chapter because I had to do that a few times. During times in college, you're so overwhelmed, you're over, you're stressed, and you have a lot of assignments to do. And I think you should do everything beforehand to get things done. But at times, you're not going to turn in your best work. You just have to admit it. Yeah. You can stay up till three in the morning and finish the essay. But I think knowing that you're not going to turn in your best work all the time is okay. Just make sure that you get everything done. So I think everybody should take this like with a grain of salt because I'm not saying just turn in, you know, a half blank um, work, but just make, make sure it gets done. Yep. And then here again, getting back to my writer friends and content creators, uh, they all say the same thing. You know, uh, get stuff done. Don't skip it because uh, you just don't feel like it or you don't have time. You know, get it done. It may not be your best work, but you really have to be in that cycle of producing. So I, I perfectly understand that. That makes perfect sense. Um, another thing you have here, uh, which is the obvious thing would be, well, why? Because you want to peek, but <laughs> sit next to the smartest people in the class. Now, I'm sure that um, it, it's not because uh, of, of any implied cheating, but it's more of, I'm going to say that it's uh, it, it's an energy thing. It's, uh, it's being around people who excel at academics, who find learning exciting, and they're, they're around to help you in that re regard. Is that correct? Absolutely. I think everybody should always sit next to the smartest people in the class. You know, they might not be able to hold the best conversations at times, but I will say this, when you sit next to a smart person, I think some of their like smartness rubs off on you. If you want yeah. to ask them a question, they're right next to you. They can explain things. You don't always have to ask the professor. And then the real reason why I think everybody should do it, and this is a, important for a lot of people, is group projects. During group projects, everybody always picks who's near them. So yeah. I, I started to realize this. I was like, okay, let me. I might as well sit next to the smart people and get an A with them. So I just think everybody should sit next to the smart people. They know what they're doing, and ultimately, I think your grade will rise because of it. So yeah, yeah. that's an that you. Know, that's a great thing. I th I really think that um, you know. The old adage is about a success. Look around the people that you keep around you. That's yeah. that's it, it's true. 
It, it is absolutely true. Um, another thing that you have here that I also find uh, uh, interesting, you say, be a supportive friend. Yeah. So during midterms and finals at times, I mean, I was almost going to cry at times because I just had too much work. I was staying up till four in the morning to get something done at eight. And all I tell people is during, especially during midterms and finals, your friends will be a mess. And if you're if they're semi emotional like me at times, I think you need a supportive friend. You you need to be the friend that you would want. So during when you see people stressed out and whatnot, offer a helping hand, see if you can help out with anything, but just be supportive because people need it during these during those uh, stressful times. Yeah, a lot of times too, it's the matter of learning, which yeah. uh, in and of and by itself can be can be stressful. But I, I'm going to guess that uh, for a lot of folks in their first or second year, um, especially if they're going away to college far away, you know, like yeah. in a different state, I, I would imagine that that can cause a lot of anxiety. Did you did you notice a lot of that in school? Yeah, I did notice that, especially for people that were from far away, because most of the people at my school lived in California. So yeah. we could always go home, generally a cheap flight. But then there was there was one guy from Ohio and he said he went to the school because it was as far away from his parents as could be. <laughs> but No, yeah. But then on the weekends, like sometimes they would get so lonely. So I'd always make sure to like invite them out and whatnot, because you, nobody wants to be lonely and everybody just, everybody needs a friend at times. So I just think that being supportive to others will, will help them, but also too, generally speaking, when you're supportive of people, they'll come back and support you. So it's just really important. Yeah, that's a good energy. And that's something that we, we often uh, forget about. Uh, there's a concept called the go-givers that I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in. And that usually applies to business and things, but applies to school and a lot of things. Uh, the more you help people, the more it will help you. Absolutely. Uh, both in terms of what comes back and also in how you feel about yourself. Uh, you will start to take on the role of a leader. And I think that's very imp important in terms of confidence. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, absolutely. Now, we touched a little bit on some of the alcohol and stuff. Um, so we don't need to talk about that again. But with the parties, like, yeah. uh, I, you know, and here again, I'm not implying that uh, you have to get, you know, uh, drunk or anything like that to enjoy a party. But a lot of the people that are going to this school never really had a social experience of any kind. Maybe, you know, a few high school dances, something like that. Uh, going to the the mall or going to a fair, but all of a sudden now parties are everywhere. Every weekend, people are getting yeah. together. There's music playing. Um, how, how how do you manage that? Well, I always like to have fun, but you have to control yourself. At college, generally speaking, there will be some form of party every night. So yeah. just make sure that you get your work done. But more importantly, I just think people need to understand the dynamics of a party and whatnot. You know, there are always going to be people. There are going to be people playing like their beer pong and whatnot. In the bathroom, they might not want you to see, but they might be snorting a little something. Outside, yeah. there are people mm -hmm. smoking. And then like on the dance floor and whatnot. People, people talk, sometimes people make advances and all that type of stuff. And I just think everybody needs to understand how to manage those things safely. Make sure that you lead. Like if you're drinking, clearly, I always tell people, make sure you take um, a Uber home because I saw somebody like have a DUI one time. I always told everybody, especially like the female audience, try and like come and leave. Come, uh, leave with who you came with. If not, make yeah. sure you, like, you check in on them beforehand. And, um, other than that, just, you know, have fun. But at the same time, I just think everybody needs to be safe and know the dynamics. Yeah. 
You know, you mentioned uh, sex is one of the things that you talk about in the book. And I'm going to say that here again, somebody who's older like myself, we've kind of forgotten what it was like to be younger. Um, You're feeling a lot of emotions and things um, that that are new to you in terms of your attractions and and rejection and all those things. You're you're feeling that that those emotions that for a lot of uh, people that age, it's new to them. Uh, So it's an exciting time in in a lot of ways. You know, you're around everybody who's your age and, yeah. uh, you know, every in, in my world, <laughs> looking back on it, anybody who's 19 or 20 years old is attractive, you know, yeah. <laughs> when, when you get to my age, not so much, but you're around hundreds and hundreds, if yeah. not thousands of people your age, they're all in the prime of their life. Um, and they're all attractive to some degree. Um, th- that's got to be hard to manage too, on top of everything else that we're talking about. How did you, uh, did you get through that? Okay. Well, I'll say this. I won't talk about myself, but for the, for, for the audience, I just want to tell, I just want to say like basic, basic instructions. And this is just stuff around sex, like consent, verbal okay. consent, to make sure that everybody's agreeing and they, they agree to be there um, too. Like for a lot of guys and stuff, cause they would take girls home. Make sure you text your roommate, the number mm. of people that went back to the room and saw somebody's butt when they didn't want to. I mean, it's just, I think it was like 12 people I knew. So make, yeah, make sure that you contact your roommate. And I mean, other than, and other than that, I mean, just, yeah, enjoy yourself. Condoms, make sure you wear them. Interesting. So let me repeat the, uh, the name of the book again. Uh, The name of the book is the mediocre student's guide to graduating college, the author Christian Ferreira. And uh, let's uh, talk a little bit about you and this book. First of all, where can people find the book? So you can find the book on Amazon everywhere. It's in a select handful of stores around the United States, but I'd say that the easiest way to purchase the book is on Amazon. Sure. And that seems to be like the go-to place for, for many, many authors. Um, now, we mentioned your YouTube channel. Uh, yeah. And here again, that is QTC underscore Christian. Uh, what is the content of your YouTube channel like? I'm guessing that it has a lot to do with, with what we're talking about here. But what else is there? Well, how would you describe your YouTube channel? Yeah. So in my YouTube channel, it's still young, but I do do a lot of book um, content on there to get people to buy my book. I do a little, I like, I told people I like to do things that would be applicable to people in their late teens to early twenties. So I'll say that. Yeah, that for sure. And then also too, like I just do a a few fun videos. Like one of my next videos, sneak peek, I'm going to Kamala Harris's childhood house and yeah, I think it'll just be a lot of fun. So I like to have fun with it as well. That's great. That is absolutely fantastic. And uh, as far as social media goes, where can people find you online? Are you on Twitter, Facebook, or where can people find you if they want to search you out? Yeah. So Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, just QTC underscore Christian. That's great. Uh, A lot of people have different screen names for everything. And uh, that's really confusing. So QTC underscore Christian. And that's where he can be found on social media, on YouTube and everywhere else. So that's really cool. Once again, the name of the book, The Mediocre Student's Guide to Graduating College. I'll ask you this as kind of like a parting shot for, for so many young people out there. Um, you know, going to college and everything with social media and all this other stuff, it's a lot more complicated than what it was in years past. Yeah. And there was a big dis- 
disruption for a lot of people with the uh, COVID restrictions and everything else. I hope that's settling down by now. Uh, but it can be uh, uh, leaving a home, all these things that a lot of us maybe not that bothered by. It's it's uh, it's a big step for a lot of folks. It's a it's a rite of passage. What message of hope would you have uh, for people? And what would you hope that in that regard, what do you hope that they take away from your book? I would just say everybody that like, you know, that buys that book that's interested in the book. I think the book is a, it's a pick me up, you know, for who would be late bloomers. It's a, it's it's a technically a quote unquote self-help book, but I just want to inspire people. And I have inspired people thus far to believe that they can do it in many regards. I think college can be easier than high school because depending on your major, you know, you might not be taking physics or different types of math. So don't get, I just want people to not give up on themselves quite yet get through college. I know you can. Um, the book had everything that I wish I had. And um, I think if you read it, it's a practical book for people to get through it. So yeah. Awesome. Christian, uh, it's been a pleasure to talk to you. Christian Ferreira, uh, the book once again, The Mediocre Student's Guide to Graduating College. Thank you very much for coming on the program, Christian. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. It was a pleasure. Don't forget, uh, you can find the Billy D's podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. And you can find me on Twitter. And I'm Billy, uh, just like Christian, I'm, I'm Billy D's everywhere. I don't have a million different variations. It's there you either go. Billy, yeah, it's either Billy keep D's. It yes, keep it simple. So you can find me on most uh, major social media, not on all of them. It's too much to maintain. But uh, yeah. Twitter Twitter's kind of like my social media home. You can find me on there. You can tweet me anytime. You just have to be nice. That's all I ask. Just be nice. <laughs> So anyway, sometimes people listen, sometimes they don't. But anyway, Christian, thank you for joining us. Uh, And as far as the audience goes, thank you very much for listening. And we will talk to you again next week. I'm Billy Dees and host of the self-titled podcast, The Billy Dees Podcast. We are primarily an interview and a commentary-based podcast featuring authors and creators talking about their craft, advocates for community issues, and myself and an array of co-hosts discussing current events. There's no partisan ranting and raving going on here, just great content. You can find The Billy Dees Podcast on your favorite platform and on Twitter at Billy Dees. Thank you, and I hope you listen in.